going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? I'm walking up the subway stairs at Spring Street. Um, I just took off my mask for my little walk home. It is 11.30. Just had a very nice evening with... Kim Brandt and Sam Reck and Kim's boyfriend Alex and we went to um hello some kind of what is that is that a garbage truck yeah um I'm walking past the Trader Joe's on Spring Street what was once a hidden treasure and am now known unfortunately um we I'm out of COVID, clearly. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking normally, taking deep breaths. I'm amongst the, the other um, humans in the street, both sick and not sick. Um, so we made a plan several weeks ago to go see Slave Play, and that is, in fact, what we did tonight. We saw Slave Play, which is still running on Broadway, it had an extended engagement or something and didn't close from the COVID as many other shows have. Um, and let me tell you what, in the, uh, how do I say this? In, in the wise words of Shania Twain, that don't impress me much. Um, I don't like theater. <laughs> And, um, I, I, I guess I thought that slave play was going to be a highly conceptual piece of theater that kind of mm, traversed various modes of, of theatrical communication, but... I, what I lay my eyes on tonight was a play, just a regular play, um, which included all the things that I don't like about theater, which is, you know, um, very broad and, um, broad, broad is maybe not the right word because sometimes broad acting performance can be very good you know, in these kind of like arch old actressy performance kind of ways. Like I thought at one point, I thought, why can't this be like Jenna Rollins in opening night? You know, like why, why don't people perform like that? And maybe it's because opening night is a, is a movie. And so there is, you know, this opportunity for, for more subtlety um, but to watch actors perform theater truly like there's just this way that people act on stage with audiences that is just so embarrassing and so I find myself just feeling embarrassed the whole time and, and, and hearing the audience laugh or sometimes sort of be startled or take pause for an emotional moment I'm just like I honestly like 
I feel like something in my brain is missing because people will because I'm listening to the words they're saying like I'm trying my best to absorb the content of the thing but I just am so distracted by the artificiality of the performance that I can't actually like feel what they're trying to communicate I don't have the reaction that the audience has so then I'm sort of startled like wait what did I miss why are you laughing it wasn't even funny it wasn't even sad it wasn't even shocking so um let me think about this I you know as you know I saw half of the inheritance which was truly awful and um I remember when the Tony Awards happened this past year and hearing that the inheritance was winning all these awards and slave play was not I just thought oh my gosh there's no justice for slave play I, I mean I hadn't seen slave play but I had an idea about it from those people who had and from all the hype and and I don't even know what I imagined it was going to be but I mean look I've never gone into a Broadway theater and been pleasantly surprised (laughs) by a piece of theater (laughs) and um, you know I saw Singlet and Um, is this a room, um, you know, not in Broadway theaters. And I know that, you know, is this a room did eventually make it to a Broadway stage. I'm in my apartment now. Um, But the shows that sort of... what is that called? Transfer from the public theater to Broadway, you you know, and they're always lauded as these kind of like groundbreaking experimental works. Hamilton, Hamilton, the incredible Hamilton. Um, Also, you know, a show that I did not connect with, did not enjoy, certainly. And um, here we are yet again. I've seen some theater and I leave feeling utterly confused, disappointed, and, you know, I, I, look, I didn't want to go to the theater that much tonight. I didn't, I didn't skip out of my house, but I thought, well, I've heard so many good things and, and maybe this will be the night that sort of shifts the paradigm for me in my relationship to, um, Broadway acting. Uh, but it's not. It's so bad. Um, and, and, and here's a thing. Here's another thing. So I'll just spoiler spoilers. If you haven't seen Slave Play, I'm going to, I'm going to talk a little bit about what happens in it. So the show opens with these vignettes of, um, performers playing out these, um, sexual sexualized scenarios between um african american enslaved people and and various white people from the 
from the plantation kind of organization. So um, most of these interactions aren't between like the master and the enslaved person, but maybe between like a foreman and and an enslaved person or um, in one scenario, um, the, the white actor is playing um, like an indentured servant who's being um, told what to do by the African-American actor who's playing like a more senior managerial enslaved person in, in these um, antebellum era scenarios. Um, and all these scenarios end up turning uh, vaguely sexual, not vaguely sexual, sort of overtly sexual. Um, and then at a certain point, one of the actors yells out Starbucks, which turns out to be, um, was it a safe word? Is that what they're called in role-playing scenarios? And then it, <coughs> excuse me, a little something in my throat. So at that point, these two sort of outside observers reveal themselves from these mirrored panels um, on the second level. And what we find out is that all of these couples have um, are part of a antebellum um, uh, what, what, what would you call it? So like sexual therapy for interracial couples that is um, facilitated through role playing of, of antebellum slavery scenarios. Yeah, that seems right. So once the actor yells out Starbucks because like he and his partner have have reached an impasse in their role playing then we move into all of the actors in a group therapy scenario being facilitated by these two women and um i and so then there's the whole group therapy happens and then the last scene is um a sort of follow-up conversation between two of the actors who make up one of the couples in their in their bedroom at this wherever they are and um and then there's a kind of a rape i suppose yeah it's a rape um at any rate um i thought in what i'd heard about slave play that we would be totally letting go of linear narrative or of logical narrative, etc. But we were not. Um, everything was explained. Um, there was no. We're you do, we're not, we're left with absolutely no mystery. In the end. Um, what else can I say? I felt that some of the more emotional performing was very manipulated in an effort to manipulate the audience. And that is always really hard for me. Um, I, I have to say that seeing plays, you know, which are, which are thing, 
I've seen plays in my life, just I haven't seen a ton, and I've seen a ton of dance. And actually, like, having been involved in a lot of Jack's work, um, I appreciate his, the craft of his theater making ever more after seeing plays, because I'm like, well, Jack really knows how to make theater that doesn't hit you over the head with answers or with um, its obviousness. Um, because Jack, Jack, if you haven't seen there, Jack has a piece called, um, Rumble Ghost that you can watch, I think on his website, which is structured in not a dissimilar way to slave play where it begins with this kind of abstract reenactment or, mm, yeah, reenactment ish of Poltergeist, the film and or parts of poltergeist the film it includes a lot of um dance and um and then in the second half of the show there's a group therapy session between the performers who were playing the characters in the the first half of the show and um it's not it's not related to what happened in the first half of the show in the way that it wasn't like they were in some like poltergeist immersion role-playing camp and now they're having group therapy. The two are separate from one another in a way. And um, there's no need for explanation. Anyways, I don't know. Watch, watch Rumble Ghost, especially if you've seen Slave Play and you enjoyed it for, for whatever reason. Um, for perhaps its interrogation of of um whiteness, which is good, we need that um though i uh, whatever I, I don't necessarily feel that the interrogation was totally successful, but anyways um watch watch Rumble Ghost if you want to see a really good play um is that it? Is that all I have to say about it? Um, maybe. Jeremy O'Harris is on Emily in Paris playing extremely, like, um, embarrassing character. Um, and, uh, well, Emily in Paris, I could, I guess I'll just say that of everyone on Emily in Paris. The whole show is just excruciating, all, all, all aspects of it. Um, I'm not going to make it to the end of the season, I'm afraid. But I did make it through a few episodes while I was drawing pictures. Um, what else? I know there's a new episode of Sex and the City out. I haven't seen it yet. And there's a new episode of Station Eleven. And I haven't seen that yet, but I'm going to watch them. Probably I'll stay up late and watch them before bed. And, um, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. And maybe I'll... I'm going to a lunch and... I'm going to go see James Whiteside in the evening tomorrow, who is, if you're following him on Instagram, laid up in bed at his apartment because he ruptured his Achilles, his um, uh, patellar tendon while he was doing Nutcracker in California with ABT. And so he had surgery when he got back to New York, and now he is recovering at home. So I'm going to go see James for New Year's Eve. Um, I should have more things to tell you but do I 
I, um, um, uh, I accomplished very little during my 10-day quarantine, which wasn't the plan. The plan was to try to accomplish a lot in terms of my work, the drawing aspects of my job, conceptualization, etc. Should I feel, do I feel bad for not liking slave play? I feel awkward for not liking slave play. You know, I want, I want to be able to enjoy things that people are excited about. And somehow I, with theater, just particularly theater, I cannot do it. I love movies. I love movies. Movies work in terms of communicating an imagined scenario or, or, or doing this kind of adult make-believe in a way that is convincing and can, um, where I as the viewer can, can suspend my understanding that this is not real, you know? But I cannot do that with theater. Almost ever. Anyways, I feel, I do, do I feel bad? I don't know. That don't impress me much. Uh. Um, I helped my friend Cassie uh, for a couple days make some interpretation of this Scaparelli dress, which is like a black sheath with these incredible gold cartridge pleated flanges that burst out from these very narrow princess seams and sort of cover the entirety of the shoulders and the arms and, and work their way all the way down to the bottom of the dress. And so we, um, before I got sick, we had gone to Mood, which is maybe where I got sick, and um, picked up this gold-coated canvas fabric that worked really beautifully for creating these sculptural ruffles. And um, it was really fun. It was fun to, like for my first day out of quarantine, see friends and take on a big, a big uh, creative project. And I think it's gonna be really beautiful. I'll put picture on the dance and stuff. Um, Instagram. Are you all listening to Poog podcast? Isn't it wonderful? I know they've, they, they make all the lists every year. The like, um, this is my favorite podcast list. Um, uh, we don't we don't make it onto those lists, but we we in the past made it onto um, like dance magazine kind of stuff, which is nice, and and maybe something in the Paris Review even made it onto some kind of list, and and Gia wrote a really nice um, feature about us in the Times when pandemic first started, also really nice, but now this podcast is. Um, it's just me. And I know I keep talking about it, transitioning into something else. And Russell will be back shortly to discuss feelings or facts, which I have been teasing for probably two months now. But I'm a few hundred pages into the book, and we were only supposed to cover the first hundred pages um, on our on the first installment of Feelings or Facts, the podcast. But I don't know what the structure will be at this point or what I'll even remember from the beginning of the book, but I have been highlighting stuff so I can go back and review. 
I, Russell sent me these two um, stories that he wanted me to read in the New Yorker. One of them was um, a profile about Jeremy Strong, who plays Kendall Roy on Succession, and the other one is the cook Allison Roman. And I I found out, I, I got, I finally signed up for a digital subscription to the New Yorker because I kept using up my free articles. And you can listen to the stories, which is amazing because they're, you know, they're podcast length. These are like 45 and 55 minute pieces. So you can listen to them, which is great. So I actually listened to the piece on Alison Roman and Jeremy Strong. And what I found out later is that they're not read by people. They're read by some very sophisticated robots that read with a convincing sort of meter and lilt to their voice. They occasionally get words wrong in a way that that gives away the the reality of the situation. And I guess I first the thought first came up when in the Alison Roman piece the the reader was describing Alison Roman's hair as um an ombre. And I was like, oh this person didn't know the word ombre. And I was like, oh, this is a robot. This is a robot. So at any rate, um, if you haven't read these stories, I highly recommend it. They're complicated individuals who are not, you know, well-liked by everybody. So um, these, these are fairly nuanced pieces that, that don't just sort of celebrate these figures, the kinds of, the pieces really dive into how complicated they are and why they're disliked and why they're good at what they do, etc. So what I found out after reading the Jeremy Strong one is that a lot of people were upset by it and were coming to his defense to say like, oh, you know, he's not difficult and I had a wonderful time making such and such movie with him and blah, blah, blah. Um, but his castmates on succession were certainly not coming to his defense. And, um, I mean, he sounds truly unbearable to, to work with in that way that, you know, actors can be, I suppose. Doesn't it sound like I have some kind of like weird vendetta about acting? I don't think I do. I don't think I do. It's just like a certain kind of acting and a certain kind of behavior from actors that I find really um, concerning, disconcerting. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I I I. I guess I. Maybe it's something about myself. Maybe I need to look in, in inward to understand why I'm so embarrassed by aspects of the theater arts. Anyways, what else can I tell you? I watched um I've watched some like home restoration things recently, which I've really enjoyed. There was like an hour and a half long video on YouTube about a young European couple who bought like a kind of ruin home in Spain made of just like stones. It was crumbling and had to, you know, 
move everything out from inside, like all the surfaces, all of the crumbling, everything, and like replace beams with steel beams and um and that was fascinating and really this they they did the work themselves for the most part and that was inspiring i think one of my life goals is to um go through the process of home building or home renovation or something um we'll see if we ever get there if the world doesn't end before that if we don't all die from some more vicious strain of the novel coronavirus. Um, I've been talking to y'all for, oh, and I saw, um, I saw Blake, podcast listener at the theater, who was there with, um, their friend Derek, and uh, how fun, how fun to see someone I know at the theater, and I think they, they enjoyed, um, Slave Play, and I'm glad. I, I want people to enjoy the things they go to, and I, I realize that I'm, I'm, mostly alone in my feelings about shows like this. I know that. I know that. Um, oh, I remember a Broadway show that I liked, American Utopia, which was a, a music concert with David Byrne, and I saw it with my mom, and she enjoyed it too, and that that was fun. Um, is that enough for today? I think that might be all I can handle, because it is bedtime. I hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful New Year's Eve, which it is now. And um, don't make yourself sick. Don't feel pressured to have an iconic New Year's Eve of any kind. Be safe. You know, when I was young, I, I several times found myself on the subway at New Year's Eve in an effort to try to make it to a better party than the one I'd been at, you know, and you know, that just never worked out really. Um, I, New Year's Eve has more often than not been a, been a bit disappointing. I remember a nice one at Bird Johnson's house several years ago. Um, but yeah, Stay in one place, be with people you love, make sure there's good food. And um, if you feel tired before midnight, go to bed. Absolutely. You know, you'll wake up the next day, it'll be 2022. And um, 2022, it's a nice number to look at, right? It's just these like twos with a hole in the middle. Um, It has a kind of... uh, poetic topography. So I hope that we all have a productive and complex 2022. I hope we see things we love. I hope we find more language to figure out why we don't like the things we don't like. I hope we're kind to each other. I hope that we are kind to ourselves because Really, if you're feeding yourself well and getting yourself to sleep without staring at a screen and things like that, I think we all can be happier, more communicative, more empathetic people. So I guess that's my, those are my New Year's resolutions for myself. Just continue trying to take good care of myself, get good sleep. Remember not to sweat 
the things that can feel really big but are not. You know, sometimes I, I lose sleep over my job and then I have to remind myself, you know, it's just, it's just things and it's just dance. And in the end, you know, we're all just dust. So the most important thing is to be kind to people, even though I just spent, you know, the majority of this podcast being unkind about, you know, a piece of art, which is, you know, I'm supposed to be being generous about that as a person who's making it myself. Anyways, I, I contain multitudes. We're all very complex and I'm, I'm going to continue reminding myself to try to do better, to, to be careful, be careful, be careful with your words, be careful with your thoughts. Um, and happy new year. Thank you for listening if you're still listening and and look, no sweat if you're not. Well, I loves you. May old AULD acquaintance be forgot. Mama, za mama, mama. Meow, 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 meow. Mew, 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 mew,